curious about design thinking but don't know where to start, then you're in the right space. Welcome to the Beginner's Guide to Design Thinking and A to Z, a year-long series of bite-sized real-life examples, do's and don'ts, tried and tested go-to techniques to help get you started. I'm Lucy Patterson, a workshop facilitator, business strategist and trainer who uses design thinking to help organisations solve problems and make better business decisions. And I'm Tracy Sharp, a former design engineering director turned mentor and coach that uses design thinking principles to help others design a new life with purpose. We are two Northern lasses with a passion for design thinking for your business, your projects and for your life. And today is brought to you by the letter W for workshops. Yeah, I'm really excited to be uh, here again as we dive into today's topic of workshops because they really do feel like they're sort of powerful creativity boosters that can take your business to a whole new level. level. Um, so yeah, get ready to uncover why they're an innovation gold mine. <laughs> and uh, today, folks, we are embarking on a journey into the captivating world of workshops and why they are like magic potions for sparkling creativity and turbocharging, turbocharging innovation. But So um, Lucy, why are workshops such dynamic hubs for releasing creativity and driving innovation? I know you love art, so I want you to think of workshops being like a a mixing paint colours on a canvas, okay? So when you blend minds from different backgrounds and perspectives, you're kind of creating this vibrant palette of ideas. So without sounding like a bad joke, because we're walking into a workshop, not a bar, and there is no punchline, (laughs) but imagine having a designer, a data analyst, a customer service rep, and they all turn up for the same workshop. So their unique viewpoints can come up with ideas, insights and solutions to explore that you just wouldn't be able to access and you wouldn't come up with if you brainstorm solo. So it's like turning on the creativity tap a full blast. And that's where workshops excel. They're like these idea playgrounds where ideas and concepts get to just bounce around and flourish. Yeah, it's awesome. So um, okay then. So, but to really understand the beauty of workshops, can you give us some real world scenarios? Like, for example, how does a business really dial into the magic of workshops? Workshops should be your go-to whenever you're tackling any media challenges. So when you're looking to problem solve or make a decision and you're going to require a full team buy-in. And they're also used when embarking on innovation-powered projects. But the common misconception is that they're only relevant if you're seeking like a transformational innovation. And that's so not true. So if you think about it, you could use a workshop to reimagine your website's user journey or brainstorm an entirely new product line. Or you can actually use a workshop to simply figure out where you need to focus next. And these are the golden moments where workshops shine. Yeah. And so you you previously mentioned my love of art. So let's paint a picture for our listeners. So say you're a small business owner who's losing online sales. You gather your support team, your tech whizzes, um, a sales team member. Do we simply expect their collective insights to revolutionize your website? I just say yes. We can move on to the next question. <laughs> But no, um, if only it was that simple. Um, This is why I'd always suggest using an experience facilitator because then you're going to keep everyone on track and you're going to work with them to sort of figure out the outcomes you need from the workshop to help create a suitable how might we statement. And if you remember our H's for how might we episode um, and then to ensure that they can deal with the twists and turns that the workshop might take. So 
any facilitator will go into a workshop with a plan, but they'll essentially hold it really lightly and they're able and not scared to be flexible um, with that plan and to kind of amend it to suit the needs of the participants, which means that they've got a variety of potential tools and exercises up their sleeves, not just their sort of favourite few, if you like. So in this case, let's skip the preliminaries. Let's assume you've chosen your facilitator. You've probably answered some initial prep questions and they've made sure that you've chosen the correct problem to solve. So you could use five whys to do this. I sound like an advert for our podcast all the way through these <laughs> questions. And it will talk us through the five whys pro, uh, process. Uh, then we're going to assume that the how might we statement is how might we make our user journey easier to navigate to ensure we're not losing sales. So let's also assume the business owner has been brave enough to include a couple of customers in the group. And I'd always advise doing this if the issue you're facing includes customers in any way, because let's face it, most issues in business impact the customer first. So, so, so hold up. So you mentioned prep questions. Um, so before we delve more into the workshop, so why are there prep questions? Well, for me, I prefer to chat with whoever's commissioning the workshop to see whether they understand the benefits, but also to make sure they understand the limitations of a workshop. Mm. So, for example, workshops can be great to help you make decisions and solve problems. But if the person in charge of commissioning and the person who thinks the workshop is for them simply wants a workshop to prove their solution, mm. something they've already decided on, then, you know, it's not the best route forward. And so from myself or any other experienced facilitator, it would be a no. So we like to make sure that we have an idea of who the participants will be and knowing a little bit about them and their backgrounds can really help to nurture a collaborative, um, you know, sort of an, a team vibe within the workshop, whether you're used to working directly with the other people who are involved or not. And I guess specifically um you know particularly at the moment prepping and chatting with participants before a workshop like this is also a great way to start building the necessary relationships and trust that they need to have in me or, or in whoever the facilitator is to be assured that I'm actually going to create a psychologically safe space for them to workshop within mm -hmm. and I think that's you know I, I can't stress that enough um, at the moment certainly and then you know, I usually have sort of several questions that I'll cover in advance. And these might be things like, what prompted you to reach out? Um, you know, is what you want to work on in the workshop your biggest challenge right now? What else is or isn't working as well as it could be? How does the workshop topic or problem feed into your overall strategic goal? You know, what have you tried so far? Um, you know, have you done anything else you want to sort of to address the problem you want to look at in the workshop? So you get my drift and it's pretty much due diligence setting the scene ensuring that there's trust there and just making sure that everybody starts on the same page I mean I guess you've prepped questions you'd use before any group coaching workshop is that the same similar kind of thing yeah I mean so I would I would give like um workshop participants like a bit of solitary work and reflections prior to the collaboration workshop to ensure that the people are as you say that people are on the same page and to ensure there's enough self-awareness to fully understand your role in the workshop but also just like your role in the future in, in the business 
So like, for example, so I just um, I just completed a beta test on a, a workshop for thriving business cultures. Uh, and before the um, co-creation workshop, um, we ensured that key players are aware of their personal values and the business values and how they're actually currently manifesting like in day to day life. So like, um, but let's kind of get right back to whether a workshop is simply about getting the right people in the room and waving about magic wand to get the right results. I walk into the workshop, I wave my magic magic wand and we're all sorted, problem solved and we all get to go home early. Um, but yeah, there are some fantastic creative exercises that can be used to encourage one, everyone to sort of appreciate the perspectives um, of others in the group and not focus solely on their own agenda or the solution they need to make the job easier. So we could use um, role reversal exercises where team members essentially step into each other's shoes. Mm. And depending on the environment, you know, we can do this figuratively or literally. Yeah. And I think before I jump onto another point, like I do want to mention a little bit about what we're kind of touching on, which is confirmation bias. Mm. And this is something that I see quite a lot where um, like I was working with a company recently and they were going to do a user group workshop and they said, yeah, we're just going to take our existing, we're going to take our, our current product, the version that we've got, and just show it to them and just say, is this okay? And it was like, no, this isn't what the, this isn't the purpose of a workshop, that you need to go a little bit deeper. And basically what they were going to do and what they were like, they're, and this was, you know, it wasn't like a young person. It was someone who had a lot of experience and they were just going to go in and get confirmation bias about their existing idea. And this is something that it's really, and I'm sure that you come across it all the time, but it's something that's becoming a lot more prevalent for me in my kind of current role, which I'm like mentoring businesses and things. So, um, yeah, I think I just wanted to kind of mention that specifically. So watch out for that. But um Going back to kind of workshops. So like, I, you know, I assume that you could use things like mind mapping, which we touched upon when we talked about journey mapping in our J episode. Um, and I know from my coaching practice that um, interconnected ideas can often uncover hidden links and inspire new pathways that you might have missed otherwise. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, another exercise you may love, giving you a background and enthusiasm, um, when we did our P is for prototype exercise. Um, but how about a prototype party? You know, a bit of a design sprint where everyone creates rough prototypes as quickly as possible so you can visualise potential solutions in action, basically. Um, not everyone will learn in the same way. So ensuring you have a mix of exercises that utilises sort of several senses often leads to better understanding, which, you know, given time, helps you to then refine and sort of perfect your concepts, um, if there's such a thing as perfection indeed. But in the same way, Exploring ideas together alone can help the more introverted members of a workshop to express their thoughts. So give everybody a slab of post-it notes, get them to jot down their ideas and don't allow them to say a word to each other. Then basically just collate the ideas into themes and, you know, sort of dot them, sort of dot them with, you know, as a vote um, to democratically decide which to develop further. And seriously, next time you're facing a brick wall in your business or you're kind of, you know, you're yearning for a fresh perspective, rally your team, enlist an experienced facilitator, set up a workshop and just literally let the magic work its charm. And you know what? I've talked a lot about how workshops can benefit business, but what about you? How do you use workshops in your coaching, Tracy? I think I think before I jump into that, I do want to add a yes and you and just sort of say make sure that you also allow the sufficient time for a workshop. 
as well, because I think this is something that people think, oh, we can bash this out in an hour. It's like, no, it really does take time. And I think a lot of people are a bit nervous about that as well, a bit nervous about how much time it could take. But it's like there's so much work that you can get done. There's so much like groundwork that you can make for ensuring that people are on a positive path, like prior to kind of like jumping in. Yeah, yes. Yeah, but so thank you for the question, Lucy. So um, in terms of um, my workshops and my coaching, so like I've done quite a few different workshops. So I I mentioned my program before about um, thriving business cultures, which I layer in coaching to that to ensure that participants are being asked questions to make them think a bit more deeply. Um, We do reflection questions as well, and I kind of like facilitate that. Um, I also use my coaching during the workshop sessions to create powerful questions. So um, and then we're kind of ensuring that we have some sufficient pauses for reflection and to pay attention what it is people are saying to uncover main themes and insights. Um, I've also done workshops on imposter syndrome, about on personal values, which I love to talk about, um, allyship. I did an allyship one this morning and um, empathy, where I use my coaching skills to facilitate discussions. So um, I think one thing I want to mention here is that workshops also help people feel less isolated, whether it can be whether they're feeling like symptoms of imposter syndrome or if they're trying to come up with solutions for a project, um, working with groups you are more likely to come up with innovations, but you will feel more supported and you will hear more ideas or thoughts coming from another person. You can feel more creative, um, more connected and less stuck. And and like even this morning doing my doing my session about allyship, like I asked a question and and I did say to them, if you don't know the answer, say don't know. And so people did actually say don't know, but then other people did have ideas. So basically I was losing a bit of Slido, which I love Slido and um, uh-huh. love it. And um, and basically encourage more people to kind of like generate ideas because sometimes you can just get, you can just get really stuck if you're doing stuff by yourself. And I can definitely put my hand up and say, I had a lot of experience of that and it's awful. So like working as a design engineer in various companies and my career and consultancies, it can be really intimidating and really isolating when you've got to come up with solutions by yourself. And workshops is something that I really wished I had more of like during my design days. So I, cause I love to bring people together and I love to give them the space to learn and grow and support and be supported and move themselves forward. So listeners, so whether you're a large corporation, a one person startup or a collective of individuals coming together with a common aim, I think we've established that workshops can provide you with a compass for navigating the sea of ideas and steering towards innovation. I just, I guess I want to reiterate what you did mention um, about, you know, don't just run a workshop, have a thoroughly good time, you know, make sure you run on time. That was a great point that you brought up. You know, it's not just going to be an hour and then we all walk away and give yourself the appropriate time that you're going to need for it. But don't do the workshop and then forget all about it. You know, make sure that you're sort of working with somebody who is going to make sure that theatrics of the workshop are documented and that they're then translated into a plan, (laughs) you know, and then act upon that plan to solve your problems, make your decisions. Um, And it sounds so simple to say, but so many people do the workshop, walk away and nothing happens beyond there. And in actual fact, it's what happens after the workshop that will make or break the effectiveness of that workshop. So, you know, regular listeners will know I speak sort of quite often about not falling into the trap of simply creating design thinking theatre. 
Um, you know, all roads, including your workshop, need to lead to Rome. And by that, I mean everything you do in your business needs a clear purpose and an actionable plan to get you closer to your overall aim. So, you know, it's it's not just about throwing people into a room and hoping for magic. Mm-hmm. It's about structuring the experience from setting clear goals to assigning roles and, you know, getting out like a well-designed workshop blueprint. And that will really, really elevate your results. Yeah. And I think, you know, um, I think there's there's a lot to be said for time, not only for the the session itself, but the prep in advance as well and I think a lot of people kind of really forget to your point Lucy like people just like throw people in a assemble people together throw them in a room like with no structure or no format that that really does make such a difference if you have okay to your point with facilitators is to have a plan but hold it lightly but at least to do the work first and actually set yourself up for success and so yeah right and so um so if, and if you want to learn a bit more about how to sort of set the ambiance um for um particular workshops um tune into our episode i is for ideation where lucy talks us through like how to host the perfect ideation session i suppose one thing um you know i'm just gonna really really hammer this point home is always be mindful of times because workshops can be invigorating, but they can also be a rabbit hole. Mm. So do set your time limits and, you know, for each exercise, even within the workshop to keep the momentum going. Um, and ironically, I'm telling you that um, before we run out of time on this episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And a final reminder for me is don't shy away from diversity. So embrace it. It is the like if the beauty of the workshop lies in the richest of perspective, then encouraging as many different perspectives as possible to be heard is where it's at. And I want to use a wonderful acronym that Christine Hemphill gave us on her episode. um, You is for usability when it comes to assembling a group. It's remember the words swim. Someone who isn't me. Uh that was such a good episode. If anybody hasn't listened to you as for usability, then they do need to go and listen to that. It was uh, one of the ones that really sticks in my brain with a, with a lot of takeaways and a lot of light bulb moments. But there you've got it, you lovely lot. Um, hopefully we've helped you to see the power of workshops to unlock your creativity and to supercharge your innovation and to basically propel your business and your life forward. So remember, if you've got the tools, the exercises and the spirit of collaboration, all that's left is for you to roll up your sleeves and let the magic unfold. (laughs) So as ever, we're always open to hearing your thoughts and connecting. Feel free to seek us out on LinkedIn. So you've got myself, Tracy Sharp, and my workshop facilitator extraordinaire, podcast partner in crime, Lucy Patterson. Um, if you've got any questions or queries, please feel free to drop an email to designthinkingaz at gmail.com. We are always happy to answer them and to signpost you towards any of the resources mentioned during our podcast. So please do join us next time on the A to Z for Design Thinking, where we will have reached X for X marks the spot. And if that's not cryptic enough episode title to get you to download, then I don't know what it is. <laughs> Bye-bye, everyone. <laughs>